Hello and welcome back to WA Real. I'm your host, Bryn Edwards. Today I thought to take today I thought I'd start a um, slightly different alternative podcast for WA Real. And in the current coronavirus environment, I thought I'd check in with some of the some of uh, the guests that I've had who are out there making an impact and see just check in and see how they're going. So today is my great honour to have Lachlan Samuel. Samuel, Lachlan, welcome to the show. Or back to the show. Thanks, man. <laughs> cool. Appreciate your time. No, no, no. It's um, also it's great for me because you know being stuck indoors all day, and I'm a social beast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like talking to people, and any excuse to have a chat with you, Lachlan. Um, so uh, I guess the first question I've got is where you at with everything? How is it impacting you? No, you know, just as a person, but also you know the podcast and everything you're doing with Open Up. Uh, it's, it's impacting me, first of all, mentally, just, and I'm sure it's impacting everyone, just trying to keep out of that space where you're living in fear or scarcity, especially with the, the grocery stuff, the toilet paper running out, trying not to be one of those people. Yeah. It's, it's real easy to get angry at someone for hoarding food from the grocery store, but those people that talk shit will end up going there and doing the same thing out of fear and scarcity. So yeah, um, it's, it's been a challenge to stay out of that and to just act in alignment, um, stay within my values and not be angry and aggressive. Um, especially after not being so social. Um, but it's also impacting, it's impacted the business as well. Like when I think coronavirus first, they first mentioned it like end of December, January, um, all our work offshore with the mining companies pretty much come to a standstill because they had to quarantine um, the oil and gas tankers. So yeah. that was, I think that was the first first time my eyes were open to just how serious this could be. Right. And then from there, it's just been systematically like dominoes falling to the point where there's no work in that sector. So that's, that's how it's impacting me, man. And like the podcast, um, I'm still going to do in-person interviews. Just got a film set up. So I'll keep doing that until we're told, like, yeah. lockdown, stay in your homes. Yeah. Unless we've been told that already and I haven't got the scoop. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't <laughs> you know. It, well, it's interesting because the start of the week, I was sort of, um, well, the start of the week, probably end of last week, I was, I was doing a lot of, scanning the news and things like that because you know one of the things i've learned this week and i've talked about it on facebook lives is you know the mind doesn't like uncertainty and so when it's faced with uncertainty it goes hunting everywhere for a bit of certainty and where do you yeah. go you go to news sites you go to 24 hours newsreels you know what's the latest thing that, that the premier or the prime minister have said you know you're scanning 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 just to get something so you feel like you're on top of it and you know what you're doing and i realized it was put it like it was putting me in a state emotionally i was a bit it wasn't yeah. very tidy at the start i mean the it's um we've been in hospitals the last three or four weeks quite frequently and that's just all they have playing is especially in the waiting rooms is the newscast 24 7 and yes. it's just um it is just about coronavirus and covid19 i know i know I've, I've actually started playing a bit of a game when i do have to speak to the odd person and 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 they'll 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 talk like it's just part of the conversation now, and and I'll try and check them by going, what do you mean? 
like, well, you know, with the corona, oh, right, you mean that? There's <laughs> <laughs> part of that me being a bit sick, but the other part of it is actually me just like, you know, we, we demonstrated we can live in an environment where that exists, but we can do other things as well. Yep. You don't necessarily have to have that in it. So, um, so have you, have you been, have you, I mean, you just had a newborn, which is, you know, congratulations, man. But, um, is this making you think about how you've got to pivot the business at all? Yeah. So luckily throughout that period where coronavirus didn't really have an impact in Australia or hadn't had an impact in Australia yet, where it was still like very much based in China, um, going through a transition where I was thinking I'm in mining for the wrong reason. Um, and I was in there pretty much because I'd done the podcast or someone from FIFO or the mining industry Mm. and really just being asked to go and provide speaking and workshops to the industry and to companies within the industry. So essentially I, I followed the money and, um, if I'm being really honest, it's, most of it was just ego and needing right. to have insecurity, really insecurity and ego needing to have um, those companies on my resume. Cause it as someone who was working FIFO, who was just a, a boot, pair of boots on the ground doing the hard graft, you know, that for me, that's signified uh, transformation or transmutation and becoming something more than what I was supposed to be or expected to be. Um, mm. And so I led with that. And it just led to a lot of trying to convince mining um, HR execs and general managers that mental health was an issue. You know, we were talking to companies who'd recently had suicides. So, you know, doing months and months of talking for them to turn around and say, hey, mental health's not really something we're looking to tackle or not something we desire, then that was a bit of a kick in the, in the teeth for someone like me who cares so much about it. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, it's pretty, yeah, I mean, it's pretty brave to be open about that. And um, also, yeah, it's pretty tough, you know, because you put a lot of time and effort into that. Yeah, and that's what I was doing, man. Like, I was focused so much on trying to get, keep those clients happy and build a reputation and get more clients, especially through LinkedIn and meeting people that I was filling my schedule up with back-to-back meetings, man, like 14-hour days of of meetings and just constantly meeting people, staying relevant and top of mind. And it got to the point where I was meeting friends within those days and then I was, you know, it all become the same thing. Everything I was doing was like, oh, I've got to go do this. This is work, even when it was just meeting a friend. And that's when I realized it was becoming toxic. And so I've made the choice to transition to completely left field to helping men who are ashamed of the size of their penis. <laughs> that's, um, that's quite a pivot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I'm looking to help FIFO men with that issue. FIFO guys like me, guys who um, are ashamed of the size of their penis and it don't have to be small. It don't have to be two Maltesers and a chocolate finger like me. <laughs> You could be hung and just not know because you watch too much porn. But uh, yeah, I'm looking to help dudes like me, man, who are struggling, who become narcissistic because they need external validation. Yeah. And that's really, yeah. 
Wow. Do you want to expand on that, how they become narcissistic because of that? Yep. Um, well, just speaking from like my experience, man, because I had that, that problem um, introduced to porn and sex at about eight years old and had a porn addiction from about eight to 28 without knowing that it was one. Yeah. You know, I was like once, twice a day and porn and something else go hand in hand. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, once or twice a day. Um, I love that hand in hand. (laughs) (laughs) And to be honest, man, I didn't know, but porn warped the way that I viewed myself. It warped the way that I viewed women and it warped the way that I perceived the relationship to be honest. And so, um, because of porn, I thought my dick was too small. <laughs> and so I'd always need, always needed, um, external validation. And so I become a cheater because of that, uh, the way that I, um, what I expected of my partner was to be the porn star. So I was yeah. always just searching for that porn star partner. Um, and yeah, that's, that's sort of just what I expected from a relationship. And so having this, having this complex inferiority complex, becoming a cheater, um, and then not being man enough or mature enough to take responsibility and accept the consequences. I became a manipulator and like therefore narcissistic. So, um, it was probably a transition from about <laughs> 10 years old when I first started really telling porky pies up until maybe uh, 17, 18, where I was like heavily on drugs, porn, alcohol, and just cheating all the time and lying about it, destroying relationships, bro. Mm, and yourself with it. Yep. <laughs> there you go. So um, I'm curious to know how you're going to go out and market this. Um, that's something I'm trying to figure out right now. I've, I literally just put a post on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram saying that I'm moving from mining into this and just put it out there as um, a program for guys who want to remove the shame around the size of their penis, Um, essentially become penis proud. (laughs) Um, Love it. (laughs) So yeah, I've got a couple of guys who are interested and I'm just going to take them through the program, beta test it, see how that goes and see if it's something um, worth putting more effort and energy into. Yeah. Cool. But you're still planning to retain the open up podcast and keep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm still going with the podcast, still going with all that side of it. I'm, I've taken away workshops and working with mining companies directly. Um, yeah. And just putting it, making open up essentially just a media platform now, which Mm. it was initially. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I suppose, uh, in this coronavirus environment, um, yeah, keep trucking with the, with the in-person interviews until such time as you have to do this. (laughs) And, um, will you be working with the, you know, the beta testing clients online? Yeah, so that's that's what it'll be, man. It'll be a online course run through um, a hosting service called Kajabi, which is just sort of like a click funnels or something like that. Mm. Um, you just upload your videos, do weekly calls, uh, and it'll just be running guys through identifying 
the belief that they currently have about themselves and mm. the size of their penis or the size of their penis first and then how that relates to how, what they believe about themselves. Um, understand how that's impacted their life from the moment that they took on that belief up until now. Um, so, so what feelings, thoughts, um, actions and behavior that elicits from them and how that's impacting relationships and then how those relationships impact um, the life I guess they have or experience. And of course, like identifying the, tra the, the traumatic moment or the moments of impact that caused that belief in the first place. And then just doing really uncomfortable shit throughout the process as well. Mm. So getting naked. The gateway, haven't you? Yeah, no getting naked on a call. <laughs> Sorry. So man, one of the, the thing I love about this is it's going to be uncomfortable and that's what I've, that's how I'm marketing it or posting about it at the moment is it's for guys to remove shame around the size of their penis, which straight off the bat is different. And that's oh, yeah. probably uncomfortable for a lot of guys to read, especially if you, you're worried about that. And then I make sure I let them know it's going to be uncomfortable. So at some point you're going to be you're getting naked, whether on a webcam or whether sending pictures in to the group, because at the end of the day, that's, you need to change that perspective. And the only way you're going to change that is by seeing that within a group of dudes, you're probably the same as the, the majority. Yeah. <laughs> that's how yeah. I changed my perspective, man. Like Normalize it. Literally got naked in front of uh, 80 to a hundred odd people got made to stand on a chair and drop my decks, take my shirt off and eyeball everyone in the room for like five to 10 minutes. Yep. Just like wanted to melt into my shoes. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Wanted to melt, bro. But it was the most profound moment of my life because up until then, that had been my worst fear. Like walking into a urinal it was just like made me sweaty. If there was a dude at a urinal, there's no fucking way I'm going to the toilet. Right. <laughs> so to get naked in front of a hundred people was big, man. But it just made me realize, especially when everyone else got naked the next day made me realize like, holy shit, I'm just normal. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just average. Not everyone looks like a porn star. <laughs> Lachlan, you are like an onion with the little layers that keep coming off. <laughs> Bro, far out. This is not what we were talking about when you came on the podcast a year no, ago. It's never ending. <laughs> <laughs> so um, coming out of the new focus and, in, and, and going out there, what do you, um, you know, being as, you know, mental health is such a, you know, strong, has been such a strong focus. It is a strong focus for you. What are you seeing out there at the moment in this coronavirus world? What are you seeing in, in people who you do get to interact with or, or stuff like that? Uh, bro, it is, it is really just a lot of fear. A lot of people watching too much of the mainstream media, um, not not really taking time to look for their own facts, rather just sharing, sharing stuff that they see posted. And I guess just a lot of, a lot of fear mongering. And if what I'm seeing a lot of is if people don't agree with what you're saying, there's a lot of attacking going on at the moment. So where there is that unity that's being, um, we're trying to be cultivated at the moment, especially with Scott Morrison saying we're Australians don't hoard all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, there is that 
separation as well. Um, it's becoming very apparent that if you don't agree with someone, they're going to attack you and there are going to be people that jump on the bandwagon. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And this, so, is, look, this has been going for a long time. Yeah. Know, for a little while in terms of, you know, if you don't agree with me, then I'll, I'll you know, if you know, taking, for instance, if you, you know, if you don't agree with me and my left lefty leanings, then you must be a fascist, right? Yeah. No, I might be in the middle, but no, because I don't. So you're obviously here. And, you know, and that, that's some real manipulating shit. So, you know, and, and narcissism, you know, I watched a thing recently about the fact that the increased rise in narcissism is, um, is a reflection of the society that we live in and the way that we interact. And so, yeah, we're seeing a lot of social shaming now, um, which is a great way to keep all the sheep in the pen, even when there's no wolves or there's no dog to keep the sheep in the pen. Mm, yep. Yeah, and that's that's the whole reason why I'm so passionate about mental health, man, is because mm. I believe if I can make mental health mainstream, which I believe I will before the end of my lifetime, um, then we'll have a world and a society that's transparent and authentic and vulnerable enough to live without a mask, which therefore means we don't have to um, feel uncomfortable with the possibility of change and attack or degrade mm. someone for presenting that possibility or that potential. Hmm. hundred percent. Um, it, it's interesting. I'm, I'm finding that, um, all the tools I've been working on, you know, whether it's breathing, tremoring, um, actively journaling, going for a walk, this, that, and the other, you know, all the different tools that I've been investing in over the last several years. Now I'm double downing on them. And, uh, and they're serving me really well, you know. Like I said, the start of the week was pretty untidy. And then I think it was Wednesday, I was like, right, I've got to get up. i just got to start journaling in the morning. And I'm going to go walk, and I'm going to do a tremor, and then I'm going to have a breathe, and I meditate. And, and then the next thing you know, feeling fucking awesome. Like, Corona what? <laughs> you know, and it's... <laughs> yeah, but it did. It did. Um, but I think one of the real challenges is, is keeping that nice bubble around you when you do have to go out. And, uh, you know, it's all around you. I had to go, uh, I had to go to a medical appointment. And like you said, you know, it's just there, big screen in the waiting room. Just, and, um, you know, it's, everyone's just that a little bit different now, you know, they're walking around each other, which I get from social distancing, but social distancing doesn't necessarily mean you can't smile or say hello. And so I find myself now actively walking down the street with a big smile. So where it where I have to. And so um yeah, yeah. Yeah, on the flip side of that, man, like there is that sort of that feeling, um, well that negative charge that you feel when you're walking through a supermarket or something, knowing that people want to buy um an exorbitant amount amount of stuff just in case we do go into quarantine or lockdown. But um on the other side of that, I went down to Coogee Beach the other night and that's the most people I've ever seen on the beach yeah. walking in my life so like people are getting out they're being active yeah um, that's a huge plus off of the back of this i was walking up and down um port and Leighton beach today and you know there's dudes out there doing sprints people doing yoga people just doing squats doing stuff and you, you can tell they've not done most of this stuff before out in the open before um but it's just beautiful you know people taking that seriously uh they're being in their body um i think there is the fear, but on the flip side, there's a lot of kindness coming along at the moment. Yep. 
Yeah, and just to expand or touch on what you said, like my morning routine is the thing that's keeping me out of um, that fear mode that coronavirus seems to be having on people or that effect. Mm. Just getting, as soon as I get up, staying off my phone, getting into gratitude, changing state, changing physiology, doing the breathing, changing state, changing physiology, and then doing my affirmation, visualization, and whatever I want to do after that, whether it's writing or walking. Um, what I found is, is amazing for me at the moment, I didn't realize this until a couple of days ago, was I walk about an hour and a half each day around Vibra Lake, and I see the same people all the time. Yeah. And every morning, I'd say hello with a smile to maybe 30 people that I say that to every day. And like that, that just changes my day from the outset. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it, sometime the other day, you know, one of the quickest ways to cure a down mood is just smile at yourself in the mirror for a minute. That's <laughs> um, what are you, um, are you learning anything new about yourself in the middle of this? Yeah, I'm learning I get triggered real easy uh, by authority, bro. <laughs> and I, like, on, I've, known, that. I've known that um, for a long, long time. I've always, but I didn't realize that it, in terms of leadership, how important that was. Right. Um, just because with the hospital stuff, we've got a newborn baby. We, she's not at home, so she has to stay at the hospital because she's too little at the moment. And there's lockdown at the hospital, so we have to... Um, We've got like visiting hours and it's very strict. You walk up to the front, there's like security guards and medical staff and you have to do like a screening process. And yeah. I'm just finding like any type of authority that speaks to me. I'm just like snapping, just triggered yeah. immediately. And I'm just like resorting back to being aggressive, being snappy. Being wound um, up in yourself. Being wound up. Yeah. And, um, delving into that, man, um, by myself and with other people as well, is I think that goes back to childhood, really. Like being um, an indigenous Kiwi and not having um, much expectation and not really being welcome in certain circles and the in the circles that I wanted to be in. Right. Um, and yeah, I think I was about eight. No, no, I would have been ten into primary school around there. And I applied for like a prestigious college in Auckland, made it to the last stages and then wasn't accepted. And I've harbored that as um, I'm not good enough for authority. Therefore yeah. I'm going to be angry so that I'm safe. So that at least I'm making the decision to not yeah. be accepted, which has hindered everything in my life up until, <laughs> up until now. <laughs> in terms of um, resisting authority. Yeah. So, yeah. And I had a call the other day with a human design guy, Mark Bentley. And he told me, he's like, look, man, you got to um, learn from that because within leadership, you have to learn how to lead from love and not scarcity or fear. It's like, yeah. shit, that makes, <laughs> that makes yeah. a lot of sense. It does. It does. It does. Um, I was interested to see where you were going to go without getting triggered by authority. Cause I'll be honest, I've, I've had a bit of that myself. Um, I think mine comes more from a, like a sense of, uh, claustrophobia. 
Yeah. Which um, I've had this sort of latent claustrophobia in my life. And so the more I see us being penned in by authority, the more I'm thinking, (laughs) (laughs) but I can honestly see, I mean, I'm really interested. You know, I've got all my family are in England and they've been like properly locked down since the start of the week and they're in for three weeks and, um, you know, and, and, you know, the PM there, Boris said, you know, we're going to start with three weeks and then come back and see what's going to happen. And I just like, yeah, if somebody told me it's three weeks and then it's done, fine. If you said three weeks, then we'll see what happens because it might be another three or four like that. That's just, and, um, but in there, in there, you know, this Bryn's part in there, but then there's another part in there, which makes me think, well, the human spirit will only be kept in the house for so long. Yeah, and I think it, it's probably the same for most of us, man. A lot of us uh, enjoy that control and certainty, like you said, and I'm finding it, it's both a hard lesson and a blessing at the same time because I'm learning that I really don't have control, the control that I thought I had over my life. Mm. <laughs> um but it is forcing me to let go, to go off the flow, to let things happen rather than trying to force my will onto the universe and force it to give me whatever I want, <laughs> which yeah. is how I've operated up until now, Yeah, which has served me to an extent, but um, has hurt me as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it's all part of the human journey, is it? Yep. I mean, you go from done to me and then you go done by me which, you know, you get a lot of stuff done, but then it gets you, you know, to where you've got. And then now we move to done through me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think there's a lot of, um, certainly I can see if you do get pending, there's a lot of, you know, active surrendering to be done. And all yeah. That. Yeah, man. And it's all about how you perceive what's happening and how you're prepared, uh, what you give yourself permission to do. You've said trimmer release. You can do your own breath work. There's enough on YouTube to get keep you entertained for three weeks. Shit, it's yeah. just um, trying not to resist losing control, which is the hardest. <laughs> what um, What are some of the things that you're seeing out there that people are doing, which you would hope sticks after all of this? Well, there's a there's a lot of people. Um, putting their services out there for free, which obviously that can't continue full time because people need to make a living. Uh, there are people putting food packages together really is just like humanity stepping up, I guess, man, people Mm. showing that they have a bit of empathy, compassion and love for people who are doing it tough, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, So as bad as this is, that's, that's probably the brightest spot that's come out of this whole crisis or scenario Mm, love it love it and i guess uh one of the last questions we're going to ask you uh and it's my standard last question anyway but we'll (laughs) make it more topical at the moment if lachlan could just upload one little nugget into the collective consciousness so gets it what would that be Hmm. into the collective consciousness so everyone gets it I think it'd be the power to stop and assess or use a little bit of self-awareness to assess whether 
what you're thinking, feeling, and doing is appropriate and right. Because <laughs> that's, um, yeah, that's going to determine whether this becomes like a real catastrophe or not. People yeah. are doing the right thing. And that less, that is left very much in our own hands. Yep. <laughs> mm, love it. Love it. Lachlan, thank you very much for thank checking you, in. Um, maybe, yeah, it depends on how long this goes. We might do this again. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> Indeed. So, uh, thank you very much. And if you want to check Lachlan out, you can find him on Facebook, Instagram, and all the places. Yeah, thank you, my man. Penis proud. Penis proud. Love it. <laughs> Catch you, bro.